He told me, if I can get elected to Congress for just one term, I will be set with a pension and health care for the rest of my life. And when he heard his former roommate actually achieved that goal, he was stunned. And I was like, you got to be, no, 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 this can't be. No, no, no. George Sant, no, no, no. <laughs> Welcome to Move Left Idiots, a socialist talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montrulo, joined here by my co-host, Comrade Dracula. Comrade, what's going on? Just uh, drinking a screwdriver here. Hope you can hear it. That's the, the little ice things, the ice, what do they call them? Ice cubes? Cubes, yeah. Mm. <laughs> I never use them, so I don't know. So uh, <laughs> Fancy. It's a fancy, uh, fancy occasion. Tonight. Yeah, yeah. Well, my girlfriend, every time she uh, comes to the over here she always wants to go buy like a like a commemorative bottle of liquor that has like a fucking glass with it and then she'll leave the glass here so i have all these fucking glasses from like random types of liquor that she's bought that they're all cluttering <laughs> cluttering up my kitchen <laughs> uh, so uh so yeah the oscars the oscars hollywood that's right that's the real it's we're celebrating because it's you know it's oscar season so oscar season is here Time for a bunch of out of touch white people to you know ignore all the best movies of the year in favor of you know cheap shit that you know is obviously created just with them in mind as the intent only intended target audience that's uh yeah well i'll tell you what i um i was not even thinking about the Oscars and then they announced it. And I was like, Oh, what? (laughs) So among the contenders for best picture is a little film called top gun Maverick. Oh Oh my God. Uh, Not nominated is the Jordan Peele classic um, cult classic, new classic. Nope. Nowhere in there. Which you know, for my money, was the best movie I saw last year. One of the his for his by far his best movie, um, which, which we reviewed, right? Which we reviewed like a month ago or so. so you know, go check yeah. that out. But um, yeah, no, I mean that, that that's a completely tragic omission, considering yeah, considering the fact that I'm just looking at this list here. I've only heard of, I mean, I've heard of most of these movies, but some of these I haven't even heard of. But they nominate like ten fucking movies. Like you really couldn't have squeezed this thing in there. So I'll just read down the best picture nominees because that's that's sure. like you know the big category. Yeah. So Top Gun, Top Gun Maverick, a Jerry Bruckheimer produced film is is fucking nominated for best picture at the Oscars. Ugh. It's you know, literally what, just a copy and paste of the other of the first movie uh, of the other you know propaganda fucking Air Force yeah. recruitment you know two hour Air Force recruitment except, video. Except the only difference is at the end is they just copy and pasted the trench run from Star Wars. <laughs> right. <laughs> like fuck's sake. Um the the women women talking, which I've never heard of, but it seems like typical kind of Ah, not interested in that one. <laughs> <laughs> well no, I just you know, Frances McDormand, she's like just good for an, an Oscar bait movie every, you know, two years or so. That's kind of the schedule. Sure. Um everything everywhere all at once, which a lot of people uh were really into. I didn't, didn't get a chance to see that yet, but I would really do that. Oh yeah. yeah. It's definitely 
the most creative mainstream film I've seen in a long time. Right. Banshees of Inisherin, which also seemed pretty Oscar Beatty from like all I could gather from the plot um, is it's like two people on an island and like one of or, or like yeah it, it didn't seem like I don't know I'm sure it was very well acted it just did not it's seem good it's just it's it's a it's a comedy it's not like a, a deep serious film but I like everything Colin Farrell does nowadays is like bizarre in some way and just like right. unsettling in some way and I love that about like the because he could just do he could do anything and he's doing like the the strangest scripts he can find, which is right. great. But uh no, it's good. I just I'm sure I it is. Right. Put it in my top ten by any means. No, right. Uh Triangle of Sadness, which you mentioned that you watched yesterday or a couple days yes. ago. Yes. This this little stint we've been on of rich people getting killed on a deserted island. Uh, with glass onion, the menu, and now triangle of sadness. This one is by far the best. Um, Woody Harrelson is a drunk sea captain uh, who is obsessed with Karl Marx and Ever Abbey. Uh, just like Woody, Woody Harrelson, basically. Did I say Woody Allen before? Or no, you said Woody Harrelson. Oh, it's, the funny part is like there's there's a background character that has no lines that is absolutely supposed to be Woody Allen in the movie. <laughs> And like even has like a little adopted uh, Asian daughter (laughs) with him. There's there's so many levels of commentary in this movie, just tons and tons and tons. And I love that it's like it's it's not like, you know, Glass Onion is like laugh out loud, you know, joke lines. Right. This is not like that, but it's still just like a very deep comedy where you really are like, I don't know who I'm supposed to root for in this movie. Like there's so many different layers to the class too. You know, there's, there's like the, you know, the people on the work on the yacht that have like nice, you know, white clothes. And then there's all the people of color that work in the engine room. <laughs> right. right. And then there's the rich people who are like struggling to like hold on to their wealth or even just like get into being wealthy. And then there's the people that own like an entire industry of a continent <laughs> wealthy. <laughs> right. And, Great, great, great film. It wasn't even my radar until I heard about it uh, getting nominated, and and yeah, that was that was uh, that was an instant watch. Um, was that a streamer or what was Amazon what? Prime? Yeah, oh, okay. um, but yeah, just just definitely like on another level. Just a, a ton of scenes too, where there's no cuts, where like the whole scene's just happening in one wide shot, and you know you'd have to shoot it in a wide shot, but like another director would you know, within that wide shot would cut to a bunch of close-ups to, you know, take you out of that wide shot. But it's like, you know, when you, when you don't break that one long shot, you feel, you know, like you're really there, like you're stuck in it. Right. Um, as opposed to something like the Elvis movie where there's a cut literally every three fourths of a second. And you feel like you're just, you know, it's like watching Con Air on fucking NASA. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, no. But honestly, like of all these, the one I only have seen a few of them. Elvis was actually like surprisingly fucking good. I think it's just because it was Baz Luhrmann, you know, like who somebody who probably should not be, not not that he should not be making a biopic, but like he's not the person you would hire to make your standard, you know, Hollywood, you know, shitty fucking, you know, cash in jukebox musical biopic. Right. Uh, he he just wants to do something really fucking weird and off the wall with it. Um, I guess. I mean, my, my only takeaway was like, he wants to fuck Elvis. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, for sure. For sure. A hundred percent. I I just I, I thought it was I thought it was good. I mean, you know, Tom Hanks, 
you know, your, your mileage may vary on him doing these like really over the top, like accent, you know, heavy prosthetic kind of characters, but it borders on like Mike Myers, you know, like Austin Powers level, but yeah, it, I don't know. I just, it worked for me for some reason. I just thought it was, yeah. you know, I, I, I think it was just Austin Butler. He really, I thought he really fucking killed it. And it huh. was a, it was an atypical music biopic. I thought. Um, yeah, but well, I'll, I'll tell you that the really the thing that really blew my mind was, was reading the list of all the different nominations for everything. Uh, Top Gun was not only nominated for best picture it was also nominated for best adapted screenplay. And I thought, uh, adapted from what a box of children's cereal, right? Like what the <laughs> like, fuck what, was this a novel first? Like what the fuck was it a coloring book for, you know, preteens they don't, like, they don't with, consider sequels adapt right like i know well i looked it up and it just says story by this person and then screenplay by another person it's like i didn't i thought it had to come from like an entirely different source material to that be seems, yeah that, that 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 seems like some dirty pool to get it into an easier category to me yeah yeah so you know just if it doesn't win best picture which i'm sure it won't because like i told my girlfriend uh the jews don't like scientologists very much uh at least it'll who does to be fair i mean really who does to be fair Um, you know i mean but you remember when they almost totally blacklisted tom cruise at one point because you know we got too crazy he got too he he couldn't like contain his majority a majority of the studio heads in hollywood are jewish that's just a fact and that's not good or bad that's just the way it is and a bunch of them were like pissed off that tom cruise was going off the deep end with scientology and it was starting to cost them money Right. right. And they, you know, for a long, he didn't do a bunch of movies for a couple of years and now he's doing shit like every six months again. But, uh, I think they had to like sit him down and have like a talk with him, you know, be like, okay, Tom, if you want us to keep being Tom Cruise, uh, you gotta shut the fuck up about the fucking crazy God that you invented, you know, he 50 also, years ago. He also like, he, he was smart in that he, he knew how to adapt and that he was like, I'm just going to try to fucking kill myself in every movie. And it's going to be so compelling to watch that, you know, we're just going to keep churning out this thing that should have died in, you know, 2003, but it's going to be the best action franchise fucking going right now, because I'm just going to literally, you know, hang off a fucking plane and fly my yeah. own helicopter. And, you know, like he, I he mean, just really get, went off the getting that stunt pilot's license to fly a fucking helicopter. I, I will tell you, like the shots you can get when you can do that. Oh, uh, incredible! Pretty yeah. fucking amazing. I mean, the, that last Mission Impossible movie, I was like, okay, this is one of the best movies I've ever seen. One of the best action films I've ever seen ever. Yeah. Um, and just the pacing and the like, just just you know, one of the th- you know one of the best things you can do in a movie to build tension and get people engaged is have the protagonists have to make an impossible choice. If they, they have to choose one thing or the other, and both things will have a, a serious negative outcome. And there's at least like five or six different moments in that movie where, you know, uh, Tom Cruise has to has to do that. Right. And it's hard to write scenarios that feel realistic where, you know, both things are equally shitty, but you got to choose one. Right. But for the audience, that's like. I don't know what I would fucking do, but I have no time to think about it. <laughs> right. So even though it's, you know, Tom Cruise and all of his antics and whatever personal life bullshit, it's, he's, he's still making really good movies. Like, you know, one of the last real movie stars. Right. The, uh, I was just looking at his IMDb quick. One of his upcoming movies is untitled Tom Cruise SpaceX project. Apparently they're going to make a, mo- they're trying to make a movie in space. Him and the director uh, from from Edge of Tomorrow, they literally want to shoot a movie 
like actually in space. Like this, this is the, it's got apparently a $200 million budget. Like, I don't know. I'm sure it's still like, they want to like fly up there with Elon's fucking rockets. Is that, yeah, I know. Right. You're really just asking for a fucking, you know, product placement for this guy's fucking ego. Well, I'm just convinced Tom Cruise has tried to kill himself. He's like, you know, what's the easiest way? Well, I know that shit's going to, that's got like a 50% chance of blowing up. So, you know, I'll, I'll hop on there and like, I'll probably, that's probably the way I'll go out. And if not, you know, hey, I mean, get to go to there's, space. Already, there's already one car in space. Thanks to Elon Musk. Like they could put more cars up there and have a fucking car chase in space yeah they'll do the fucking the the scene from uh was that, uh, ad astra but like for, like for real just fucking oh god fucking uh, what, a, what an instantly out. forgettable movie that was i know that was a cool but, scene though that was a great you know one one cool scene and yeah concept but you know i can't I remember like, anything else from that movie like really there's so many people living on the moon that there's no real cities but there's just like random you know uh, Mad Max marauders just driving around, <laughs> fucking shooting at each other. Like, really? That's a thing in this. I have a vague memory of like Tom Tommy Lee Jones was like his dad, and he's trying to find him or something, or he's dead. I forget. There's some yeah, he, weird. He's been living out on the edge of Pluto for like thirty years, you know, totally sane, uh, and but has some like you know machine that can destroy the universe somehow they don't really explain oh, i don't it. remember any of this see yeah exactly this is right. that's how forgettable this fucking movie was i think it was based ago. on a book too but i don't i don't really care look it up um, right but yeah he just goes there and like blows it up and goes home that's it right you know he kills his dad or his dad's like you know trying to blow himself up and he just lets him and i i don't know it was not a good film <laughs> Yeah, I guess no, pales in comparison to Interstellar, the best space film of the of the 2010s, and maybe yeah. Oh yeah, know. but there's that one scene where he cries, ha ha, stupid. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I, I think you you might shed a tear too if you realize you just lost 24 years of your daughter's life to yeah, uh, you know, what <laughs> to, a a pussy. G- to a giant tidal wave. <laughs> what a fucking pussy. Um, oh, and and also the Fablemans was was nominated this year. There's a couple other Fablemans, which <laughs> Steven Spielberg movie. Of course, the best Steven Spielberg movie of this year was not nominated. We already talked about Nope, and that was, you know, easily the best Steven Spielberg <laughs> right. movie of the last thirty years. Jaws two point three. Right. Um. Uh. And also, wasn't uh? Oh, you're you're just it. Oh no! What were you gonna say? Oh, I was gonna. Uh. All All Quiet on the Western Front. That kind right, of right. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. I I'll, just what the world needs another nineteen another fucking World War One movie. That's that's really what we were dying to. Uh, yeah, to run, rush yeah. to the cinemas. Well, we for. talked about that last week a little bit. How it's an actual anti-war film, and I knew that one was based on a book because I knew that that title from somewhere, and I was like, "Oh, isn't that already a movie? Or that, that's a book?" Or I thought it was like right. That. That's why I, I was like, "That that doesn't seem like a new thing." Um, but yeah. I know it's also just a phrase. But uh, yeah, no, right, I, I, right. So that, but okay, so that was. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's pretty good, though. I mean, it's definitely you know you'll you'll. You'll feel bereft by the end of it. That's for right, sure. Right, um, right. But uh, Avatar, Avatar, <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah, it's nominated for best picture. Oh god, did you see that shit about? Um, god, who the fuck was it? There was somebody who. No, it was the the wife from Edie Falco. Uh, had shot a scene for it like four years ago. And like thought it already came out and bombed, <laughs> right? She's, she's like, I, I didn't keep track of it. <laughs> Did that even come out in 2022? I feel like, oh yeah, no, December 16th. So that motherfucker tried to say that. That's another sneaky bullshit thing that people do. They sneak it in right under the deadline because oh, everyone, that. That. everyone that's does a re- that. That's a recency bias of fucking you know. 
like the, like a movie like Nope. Unfortunate for unfortunately for it, I think came out in like early summer, if I remember correctly. So you know, it, yeah, any movie that comes out that far back gets really kind of hindered in the uh, in the, in the Oscar race. You know, just by the recency bias, but I feel like he, he's like one of those guys that would say he doesn't care about the Oscars at all, but like deeply, deeply wants one. <laughs> yeah, like... when and you know, and and genre movies always get disrespected for Oscars and like don't get that kind of consideration. And I'm not, again, I'm not fucking saying like, oh, Avengers and fit. Like, please, I'm not. You know, definitely not saying that that needs to be nominated for fucking Best Picture. But there are a lot of good sci-fi action horror movies that you know, have a lot to say, a lot more to say than a lot of your typical fucking Oscar fair that just don't get recognized because it's still just a bunch of stuffy old white guys who vote on these fucking awards every year. Yeah. Uh, and it will be until they fucking die. And then the guys who are behind them will then become the stuffy old white guys that, you know, don't like the new thing. But it is what it is. Um, But yeah, so I guess we should get into the news this week uh, because some stuff happened not not really a ton (laughs) (laughs) yeah i got a lot of notes and you had not not a whole bunch um real real quick i just wanted uh, this randomly showed up in my timeline um this is just a funny thing i wanted to throw out uh i guess this is from a wikipedia page for mcdonald's Uh, like everything they have their own wikipedia page uh and, and you know you know like ronald mcdonald and there's like the hamburglar uh and then there's you know Grimace, you know, yep. Grimace, the purple fucker. Uh, well, Grimace had an uncle back, oh, in, shit. The, back in the 70s. Grimace uh, lore? Grimace lore, yeah. <laughs> Grimace core lore. Uh, and his name was Uncle O'Grimacy. <laughs> <laughs> Seems vaguely racist. I shit you not. Yeah, I mean, no, nobody does white on white racism better than whoever's hating the Irish. So... Uh, 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 as positive as the Shamrock Shake's impact has been, oh, there have been some missteps. <laughs> to help promote the Shamrock Shake, McDonald's introduced a new ma- mascot character, Uncle O'Grimacy, in 1975. <laughs> the Irish uncle of the purple mascot, Grimace, Uncle Grimacy, completing his Kelly Green hat, Shamrock pattern vest, and a shillelagh. 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 Yeah would travel from Ireland each year, bringing shamrock shakes to McDonald land. <laughs> oh, he's actually green. Holy shit, I'm just looking at a picture of him right now. Uncle Grimacy was quietly phased out of McDonald's marketing after a few years, due in part to an alleged incident in Philadelphia in 1978, where the person portraying him made statements in support of the IRA <laughs> and that the British and that British soldiers were better dead than alive. <laughs> I mean, it's so funny because I, go- I was Googling Uncle O'Grimacy and the first Google result is Uncle Grimacy IRA. <laughs> so it's like, oh, wonder what that's about. <laughs> that's fucking awesome. So, yeah. I mean, uh, Uncle Grimacy like, rocks. I saw this and I'm like, this is fucking to- like very cringe and like like definitely a bad idea just to, you know, inject any kind of like, you know, <laughs> something so politically charged in- during the Troubles. Uh, as a mascot and then you keep reading and it gets further and further and you're like oh yep yep okay yep yes <laughs> oh my god you have to okay you, I'm, just, I'm sending this to you right now you have to see this fucking <laughs> which is this picture on twitter of a cloakerosy that popped up it's it's uh it's it's one of those like like ira like photos where they're all sitting around with the ski oh map. yeah <laughs> so like, just photoshopped uncle O'Grimacy into well the that's the, that was the press conference they gave after they uh tried to bomb thatcher right yeah <laughs> it's just photoshopped <laughs> into the background 
<laughs> oh yeah. Awesome. So this is this is like a whole meme that we've just yeah, discovered. Yeah. yeah, this is great. That's great. But just like look how crude that fucking costume is. Oh, he though. looks like so, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's so grimy, it's so grimy and like freaky and scary. Like the, like, the, like the pictures of clowns from like the 1920s that uh-huh, you see, and you're just uh-huh. like, oh my god, are you trying right. to fucking frighten children to death back then? Oh yeah, no. I mean that's why I was like, oh, you know, Pennywise is stupid. But if a clown looked like that for real, you'd be like, oh, get that fucking guy away from me. That guy clearly is gonna, you know, skin me alive and make a lamp out of me. Like, seriously oh god uh, speaking um, of people to get away with murder um we had a local news story uh as a little follow-up to the the uh takedown we did of the cops pretending to overdose on fentanyl videos which i'm, I'm convinced that like you know there's like a, a good portion of those are just purely done pr right especially yeah, the ones oh, yeah. that like, look very very staged like the cameras are all like perfectly lined up and shit even though it's supposed to be a body camera it's like professionally like they they staged it obviously and then there's cops just having panic attacks because they actually believe that, like, if you think the word fentanyl in your brain, that that'll give them fucking overdose. Um, and then there's the cops that just fucking take fentanyl out of the out of the evidence room and take it intentionally for fun, which is the only way that you can overdose on it is by right. intentionally taking it. And we covered this pretty, you know, in depth last week or the week before. Um, so this, this headline, the, this is, this is hilarious. Five people hospitalized after drug overdose at Lawler's pub in Mount Greenwood. That's the neighborhood here in Chicago. Um, the men's, it actually says the men's all adults, it's a typo. The men's all adults, all adults were quote stable as of Sunday afternoon. Officials said witness said the men became falling at the bar one by one. Of the five hospitalized, three were taken to the little company of Mary Medical Center in Evergreen Park, and two were taken to Advocate Christ Medical Center in Oak Lawn. The victims were men aged 37, 41, 41, 42, and 46. Scanner traffic indicated the, uh, the hospitalizations were due to a possible fentanyl overdose. Uh, I would say um, probably almost certainly. Uh, this is, And this is hilarious. Um, the... the, the so first of all, like immediately when this went out on Twitter, people were like, uh, that's an all white cop bar on the south side of Chicago. <laughs> right. And all and an all like basically it's a, it's a neighborhood of like just cops that live there. Right. Because they all want to like, you know, live close to each other because they feel safer that way, apparently. Um, and it's surrounded by, you know, like 90 percent black population. Right. So, it was, you know, people are like, yeah, that, that's a cop bar. That's a cop bar. Um, <laughs> I found a hilarious review of it of a black person that went there once uh, that just said, it's the dullest bar I've ever been to. <laughs> <laughs> and it was all white people, which I'd never seen uh, on the South Side before. And he just basically liked, you know, just just it's a really hilarious thing. It's on Yelp. If you go look up, uh, it's spelled L-A-W-L-O-R pub, Lawler's pub in Mount Greenwood. You'll find it on there. There's only a few reviews. Um, so the, just just to reinforce the fact that, you know, it's even so like, the, you know, the, like the FOP, Fraternal Order of Police, they will have yeah. like a, an association club or bar in some cities where it literally is like a members only thing. This is not that. This is a, you know, a regular normal public bar, but it's just only cops that go in there. Right. It's like the and, bar in the fucking uh, in the wire that they all go to. <laughs> exactly. Exactly that. Yeah. So, and just to show you how much the, the, the bar uh, is concerned for their overdosing cop patrons, they put out a press statement about this. <laughs> oh, shit. 
this is them. The bar owner is apparently talking about themselves. Lawler's is a small neighborhood establishment that's been a member of the Mount Greenwood community for 15 years. We are shocked and concerned about what took place this afternoon and are praying for the health and well-being of everyone involved. These were people that overdosed on illegal drugs. Right. What the fuck? Why would you be like they're acting like they got shot in the line of duty? What a bunch of fucking horseshit. We are working with the Chicago Police Department during this active investigation. Yeah. Bullshit. Um, (laughs) So uh, another quote here from the uh, Drug Enforcement Administration of Chicago. We tell everyone that the only pill or medication that is safe to take is one that's been prescribed by your doctor and dispensed at a registered pharmacy, said uh, Louis Agostini. Public information officer for the Drug Enforcement Administration. So yeah, they're treating this like this was, you know, just just some good fellows who accidentally uh, snorted some fentanyl one day, who happened to be cops. But nowhere in the article does it say they were cops. <laughs> but everyone in all the comments were like, uh, "Yeah, this is a bunch of fucking propaganda." Right. No, of course. Um, yeah, you know, it's just again we've we talked about how how it's a fucking myth that that you that they can you know just overdose by fucking touching fentanyl or by being absorbed through the skin. It's just not something that happens. Like it's just it's a combination of yeah, it's PR. It's you know, cops lie that we know this is is just they were standard a, operating procedure. But these, these were not on duty cops either. These were guys that were off duty at a bar drinking, and the article says they they deliberately took this and overdosed on it, and they were right. collapsing from it, and they're treating them as though they were a fucking officer down line of duty shit. Right. Well, because they're, now they're all you know fat. They're they're all scared and fascinated at the same time by fentanyl. So they you know when they confiscate some, they just probably all fucking take it home and fucking do it, but they don't, you know, know how to do drugs. So they fucking overdose and take too much and, you know, have a fucking horrible reaction to it. But well, I, mean, I tell you these street scientists, they're just, they're too powerful. <laughs> so yeah. a little, a little update to the story though. I followed up on it today um, to see if they finally have, you know, named who these people are. Uh, it didn't, didn't have any update on the status of these, uh, fallen officers but uh i did get this update according to cbs chicago um a mount greenwood bar where five men men overdosed on a fentanyl laced drug sunday was shut down by the city (laughs) the chicago department of buildings closed lawlers after inspectors found what they called dangerous and hazardous conditions inside they include exposed wiring as well as structural and plumbing issues cbs2 found the bar failed to provide uh Sorry, CBS2 found the bar failed previous annual inspections in 2021, 2020, 2019, and 2018. Among the issues, that then, among the issues then, emergency lights not working and performing work without permits. <laughs> so yeah, exactly what you'd expect from a cop bar, <laughs> right? But, but you know, it doesn't fucking matter because they're the cop bar, so they're just like, ah, fuck it, whatever, who cares? Health inspector, safety inspector, building inspector, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, I got I, my my cousin's a, an inspector. You'll come here and I'll uh, check off on you. That's like the ultimate like get at like that thing that you know only white people do, where like you know a cop, so he you he gives you like a PBA card or a fucking badge to keep in your wallet, so you get out of any ticket that the cop tries to write you. Oh yeah, yeah, that's that's like a very yeah it, yeah that's that's the ultimate version of that is oh no all the cops come to this bar, so there is zero chance they will let you shut it down for any actual legitimate reason. Like it's About fucking six- unsafe. Yeah, about six years ago, I was dating somebody, and uh, she lived kind of out in the country, and uh, her sister was dating a cop, 
Mm-hmm. And this was a, I can't remember if it was a city or county cop, but it's the country. So it's like, they're kind of all country cops really. Right. <laughs> and you know, I would only, I never saw him in uniform. I only saw him when he was off duty drinking with everybody. Uh, and, uh, yeah, he would just, you know, he'd get liquored up and he would just start admitting to all the crimes he let people get away with if they were his friend right, and, of course. and all the ways that he would, you know, abuse the law if he didn't like somebody. Right. And it right. was, you know, and he's just like, oh, we're all friends. So I can just freely admit all the shit to you. And I'm, I'm just sitting here like mentally taking notes of like all the fucking, all the, you know, I'm not going to fucking do anything about it. Cause it's, you know, like, what am I going right, to, who, who do, am I going like, to go tell? <laughs> right, so you'll, you'll tell somebody where you gonna tell the cops. Like they're, they're going to fucking, you know, yeah. ruin your life. So, you know, exactly, exactly. But yeah, that, that, and that's something I always, I always talk about. Like the, the one thing that like people of color have no idea about is how much shit like non-racist white people hear from racist white people because racist white people assume oh, i'm that. sure they know what we hear because they fucking hear that shit too no they hear it too but i th- like it but the free like casual nature of it right, 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 you, right you know like when you're like with when you're talking to somebody who's like a like a racist shithead and they just assume because you're white that it's totally cool for them to like just go full right. fucking. Where you're, you're in a white space where everyone's white and the, you realize that right. it has, you know, like looked around the room to make sure they can fucking say what they really Right. Think. And then they just unleash yeah. like the most casual, like horrendous, like, you know, fucking Hitler-esque statement. You're like, oh my God, Jesus. I'm like, dude, what the. F-? And then you're just going to be like, you know, you have to, then you have to mentally decide, like, am I going to fight with this person or am I just going to like ignore them and hope they stop? you know talking which yeah. is always the fucking well i mean i think the only way you can really be anti-racist is to like admit the ways that you're racist <laughs> right and right. you know uh it, it's it's i think most people aren't capable of that like you know most people will say that they're not racist or in denial about the ways they have been you know their their racial biases have been reinforced by society and they have thoughts that are very racist and you got to check that shit and got to be like what the fuck was they thinking like that's not okay to think that <laughs> like that's right. that's the only way you can really you know counteract all the you know thou- hundreds of years of colonialism and racism that's been steeped upon us and and look at you know all the privileges you have that you've never thought about you know unpacking all that kind of stuff um, but when you get to when in front of somebody, it's just like, yeah, I'm not racist, but I, I don't want any public housing projects in my neighborhood. Then you're just like, okay, shut up. <laughs> right. He'd like, he'd... Here's, here's why you're a piece of shit. And you know, like right. you gotta say something, you gotta, you gotta put up a fight there. I think. No, I, well, for sure. And it's also contextual. Like if you're talking to somebody at work that like, you know, it, it's all, it's all contextual. Like I, I think, you know, it's certainly ideal to, to do that, to say something, but yeah, it, it's yeah. No, it's crazy. It's fucking. Yeah, crazy. I had a, I had a, um, a, a little bit. Not I don't know how much older she was than me because you know black don't crack. But I when I worked at Department of State, the cubicle right across from me uh, was this this older black woman or slightly older than me. I guess I want to say like fifty maybe. Right. And uh, and we we got along pretty good. Um, and she would just like tell me stories all the time, just like, uh, you know like the shorthand version of long stories and she would just always end it with like i know you won't like i'm talking about and I'd be like yeah pretty much <laughs> it's, it's like, i don't know anyone else in here or at least in like our area because it was she was like the only black woman in like the whole section of our department or whatever so she would always kind of confide in me <laughs> occasionally that was that was the the uh the worker with the black friend Right. I I, th- I think also 
like like black people can tell when like when they find like the not racist white person like the or not the not but like the, the, the you least know, racist white person right. they can confide in. <laughs> the, the one that's like not a shithead that like you know yeah. you know like that happens at work sometimes people like people like just randomly like colonialism will come up and i'll say something about it and, and like you know people like oh okay. like that's that's the kind of, like little tells like that where you don't go fully into it but then it's like all right so you know <laughs> you're the one person who's not gonna like try to get me to vote for donald trump if i have a conversation with you <laughs> oh god lord um <clears throat> well which, speaking yeah. of trump i have nothing to say about trump <laughs> i just thought, wanted to throw that in as a segue uh speaking of ukraine i saw this fucking there's a uh twitter poll put out by an account called war monitor and they have a little blue check but it's like one of the blue checks that you can purchase for eight bucks a month which is just like the most hilarious thing that people would (laughs) think that like that affords them some degree of status and they have to pay eight dollars a month for it it's fucking hilarious to me you know Uh, immediately validates anything that that person says because they're the biggest fucking mark on the planet but yeah so i don't know much about the account but war monitors is just i guess posts things about war I, I guess that would make it a pro-war account if you're just, you know, probably like yeah. what, what's the war doing? <laughs> let's let's check in on the wars. Uh, anyway, simple question. Who do you support? Ukraine or Russia? And it got uh, 62,525 votes. And Ukraine got 40 percent and Russia got 59 percent. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Those Russian bots. They get you every time. Those Russian bots. I'm telling you, not you know the people who are fucking starving and paying you know nine dollars for a fucking dozen eggs that have to you know fucking send all their money to to buy fucking more tanks for the Ukraine. That's not that's not at all causing resentment in the general population. Oh, yeah, I I fucking last time I was home, um, I forget who I think it was like. Oxfam calls my mom up and like wants her to donate more money per month than she already does. Right. Right. And they're like, well, the, the, the children in Ukraine are starving. And I was like, which, which children where? Like, like <laughs> you're just saying that. Are you answering? Do you, do you talk to them? No, I, I'm, oh, I'm hearing, fact, right? I was overhearing it and I'm like her, the, the, like the script they were using was just leaning into emotion. Like no, no thought about, you know, any of the conditions that led up to anything. It's just, oh, the children in Ukraine. Oh, I know the children I care about. I heard about Ukraine on NPR, so I better give more money. And I was just like, mom, don't give them any more money. They're just they're, like, they're fucking vultures. And I've worked right. for, you know, fundraising call centers for that shit. And they would just hound you and hound you and hound you until you're just like, fine, okay, I'll take my fucking retirement pension. Just, just fucking don't call me anymore. Right. And then they'll wait about a month and they call you again. That's because right. you, when you give more, you get bumped up to a higher priority list where they call you more often. Right. You you never feed the ad. You know, like it's just, it's like feeding. Oh. You know, it's you know, and the more you give, the more you are going to get called. That's just right. the way it works. Right. And I even I don't even know how many charities she donates to, but I'm sure all of them are ones that are fucking bullshit. And then they also, you know, they they sell their call lists to other fucking nonprofits. Oh That's yeah. That's another thing they make money from. Um, and you know, like 70% of the money goes to just, you know, hiring more people to do more fundraising. Right. And that, or just administrative costs. Like what, what are they actually fundamentally doing to change anything? Not much. <laughs> no. And for like a lot of these nonprofits, when you, when they, there's like lists of like what percentage of, of, you know, their, their actual, in t- their income or their revenue goes towards actually, 
you know, fighting whatever the cause is that they're about or researching the disease that they're, you know, ostensibly about. And it's always like 20%, 15%. It's just a minuscule amount. It's It's very small. Well, and they all get like, you know, they figure out exactly how to still get like a four-star rating on Charity Navigator. And, but yeah, I worked worked at a call center. We did calls for like 25 different nonprofits. And every once in a while, they had to like do like a call in to talk talk to us about the new campaign they were working on. And I don't even remember which one it was, but it became very clear that it was just one guy like in an apartment. And that was the whole charity. And he had like no, he, he wasn't prepared at all to tell us like what the action plan was. And, you know, this was like a, like a group call. So I actually asked him, I was like, so what's, he said like, well, we're going to take the fight to the street to, you know, push for the thing that, you know, we care about and do the stuff. And I just said like, well, what does that, any of that mean? (laughs) And he he didn't answer. He's like, well, we're going to be thinking about that very hard here in the next coming weeks. So, uh, you know, just, and it was comical. Like people started laughing (laughs) and I just, that was, that was at the moment I just realized like these, most of these nonprofits that call you relentlessly, you know, I mean, there's big ones like, you know, Sierra Club, uh, you know, NAACP, like they, they do things, they do actual things, right? But there's a million tiny little ones right. that do fucking nothing. And they're all subject to administrative and corrupt, you know, sort of bloat that, that, that comes with any organization that becomes national. Sure. You know, yeah. even things set up with the best of intentions when they when they get enough money and or status, it just becomes, you know. I told you to... I told you before about my friend who uh was the um director of a like a, a little art gallery, right? And yeah. her whole job was basically grant writing and asking for money. And almost all that money just paid for her own salary. And the tiny sliver extra was for the rent for the gallery to exist. But at least there was a gallery there right, <laughs> you know, that people right. could come and do, right? But you gotta have somebody working full time to pull in that money, you know, or you got to have a whole staff of call center people to keep, you know, making money to make that one person who runs the website be able to live rent free. <laughs> so right. anyway, so that just, you know, the Ukraine Russia thing is getting even more just absolutely fucking ridiculous. So this was from Mint Press News. <laughs> this is, I, I saw some interview with our uh, U.S. Southcom commander, um, we've had her on the show before clips of her talking about, you know, how all the rich resources in Latin America that are in our backyard that are, you know, basically the real reason why we're doing all the coups. Um, but the U S has asked Cuba, Nicaragua, Venezuela, and six other Latin American nations to send their old Russian weapons to Ukraine in exchange for U S equipment. <laughs> Gee, I wonder what the real goal could be there. Yeah. <laughs> U S Southcom commander general, Laura Richardson, Discuss the request in a recent interview. So that's all I have from that article. And we have an, another piece from WAPO here I wanted to touch on. But just the, just the fact that we have a, a general who is the commander of something called U.S. Southcom. Like, yeah. that's not a that's not America. That's that's not our country. <laughs> no, we have, we, we, we have borders. <laughs> this is, if we if we have closed borders, that applies to our military, too. You know, our borders, you know, are to the south, it's Antarctica, and then to the north, it's Greenland, and then to the west, it's, you know, yeah, no, it, it's, it's fucking preposterous how we just think we can, we can just not only have presences, but 
patrol all of these fucking areas like it's it's just preposterous i mean if latin america is part of the united states uh then ukraine sure as fuck is part of russia <laughs> right i mean it has been historically for the last 500 years right right so would, yeah i mean you know it's just that's, that's the thing we never talk about is is the fact that ukraine has been part of russia for most of the last millennium <laughs> right. Yeah, and you know, of course, just uh, we we just want to pretend that that Russia is as small as possible. You know, after we helped fucking topple the Soviet Union and break up all of these little territories that were all part of this one, you know, uh, you know, world superpower. It's like, well, you know, whatever fucking happens over there is kind of the prerogative of the people over there. Like, we really uh, have no fucking say in what the people who live in those countries want to do. If they say they want to be part of Russia, if they say. You know, it's it's just fucking preposterous. Well, it's always been split, and we've talked about this before. Right, you know, exactly. back in the 19, 1920s, when the fascist movement was rising for the real first time in Ukraine, uh, and you had Bandera and the OUN who uh, joyously embraced Nazi Germany invading them and quickly started rounding up Jews for the Nazis to exterminate. Uh, you know, this, this is, it, even back then, it was really like it was split, where, you know, the... One half of the country was with the fascists and the Nazis, and the other half was very content to be part of the Soviet Union. Right. So not much of that has changed today. Um, so the people that say, oh, this just started last February, it's like, no, no, it really hasn't. No, you just a, believe whatever fucking thing. is told to you, right? You know, <clears throat> just, yeah, it, it's preposterous. Yeah, and, and just, you know, the, the idea that this, this conflict has anything to do with us, you know. Right. I mean, well, that's... Thing, it's it's just like we cannot stand to, to for there to be a war that we're not involved in. There's just something right. like broken in American brains where it's like we, we just. But can, can they just at least have our tanks too? Can we? Can our <laughs> tanks just be there? So it was announced yesterday that we are going to send 31 Abrams tanks to to fight along with the Nazis in Ukraine. I mean, at what point are we at uh, war with Russia? Like, I, you know, like what, what is the fucking line? Like well, where, 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 where it starts, you know, first, first we send money, you know, to help the French in Vietnam. Then we start sending helicopters for the French to use in Vietnam. Then we send advisors I was gonna say, yeah, we, for the French in Vietnam. Then terrorists. we send trainers. Then we send auxiliary troops. And then we just take the, over the war. Right. And now we're entrenched in the war in Vietnam. And the French just says, fuck it. We're done. Right. That's how even though even though we won't even admit it was a war. <laughs> what are well, they no, still, it was, they it was a, technically it was a police action. Right. No, you're right. Action. I could think of the word. Yeah, those are so gentle. Right. <laughs> right. No, it's just a nice little police action. You know, like when they <sighs> come and tell you, hey, break it up, guys. Your party's too loud, except, you know, <laughs> for fucking almost a decade. Party's too loud. So they, you know, break your eardrums. Right. So you won't have to worry about that problem anymore. <clears throat> right. So this this fuck it this is a, a wapo <laughs> Washington Post they love they always post the worst opinions and then don't put anyone's name on it because you know they're fucking cowards so this is literally you know for a few days before they announced we're going to send the the, the tanks to uh, Ukraine opinion Germany is refusing to send tanks to Ukraine Biden cannot let this stand <laughs> by the editorial board of the Washington Post. So, yeah, like they, they know that they're fucking chicken shits and they won't put anyone's actual name on this. So they just say, oh, this was a collaboration by people. You can look up who was on our board if you want to, but no one's going to. And it's also easier that, you know, they can't they can't technically say, well, this was just handed to us by the CIA 
But you know, <laughs> you get you get a little bit of a fucking plausible deniability to just be like, no, it's, it's the editorial board. You know those guys. You know who are all like you know sitting assets of the CIA, literally. right? Yeah, no, you know, just just a totally independent, uh, independent minded uh, group of individuals who all happen to have the exact same uh, viewpoints as the uh, CIA narrative. It's just you know totally weird how that happens. This is just so I want to read from this, not because of, you know, for any other reason than just how fucking funny it is Mm -hmm. that just just the notion that, like, you know, Germany is sort of like a satellite state of the U.S., you know, and and how much that comes out through this, that they because of World War Two are still under our boot, basically. Um, You think they'd be under Russia's fucking boot, considering how much of the work they did and, you know. Right. Well, I think that was was the big thing that, like, pissed off America forever was the fact that, you know, the Soviets got to Berlin before we did, and they were like, dibs. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Like, we've never let that go. We have to tell ourselves that it was us that put the put the flag up on top of the fucking whatever building that was all fucked up. Right. I mean, they were all fucked up. It was Berlin. <laughs> right. But it was, there was nothing left of it. <clears throat> so it begins here. Vladimir Putin launched his illegal invasion of Ukraine 11 months ago. I would argue that Ukraine violating the Minsk agreement, knowing that that would lead to military action, would call into question whether that is an illegal invasion or not. Uh, not only believing he would quickly subjugate Ukraine, but also on the assumption that the Western alliance was too weak and divided to put up a united front to thwart him. Just, just like, imagine being an adult and writing that sentence. <laughs> Both expectations proved disastrously wrong. Disastrous. Disastrously. What did I say? Disastrably? Disasterably. Disasterably. New, new word. All right. <laughs> Until Friday, when Germany's refusal to approve the transfer of dozens of heavy battle tanks to Ukraine opened the first serious crack in what had been NATO's solid front. Uh-oh. <laughs> I thought it wasn't a NATO proxy war. Now they're admitting that it is? Hmm. <laughs> it's, it's, it's that thing where it's like, oh, no, it's totally not. But And then it's like, oh, yeah, well, maybe it was. And then it's like, yeah, of course it is. But who cares? It's not a big deal. Like, that's the that's the path of, of a fucking typical, you know, conspiracy theory that actually turns out to be true. It's like, yeah, well, of course it is. But, you know, nobody well, gets talking shit. about they're talking about changing the the rules to become a NATO state to allow Ukraine to become one, even though they've been in basically a civil war for the last eight years they want to change that part of the clause because that's the thing that goes when nato uh, or uh, when ukraine applied to nato before it was germany and france that said no because they were at civil war right ukraine was in a civil war and they can't they won't let admit anybody who's in a state of civil war they don't consider that to be a stable enough <laughs> really gee, why i wonder why yeah <laughs> i mean it kind of makes sense um so yeah, they want to start changing those rules to let Ukraine in to NATO. That's how badly they want NATO wants this war, right? Because then, because right. then it's a matter of you know, oh well, they're a member of NATO, so you know, mutual defense. We have to just go. Everyone has to go there and all, bomb the. All those missiles we put in Poland, pointed at Moscow, now have a purpose because now we're now a NATO member state is at war with Russia. So right. now all of these countries have to be at war with Russia. This is how we get to World War Three, people. This is a fucking nightmare, and the Washington Post is celebrating this nightmare. This is fucking nightmare fuel for me. This is the kind of shit that I used to have to worry about during the actual Cold War that for a couple, maybe one or half a decade, 15 years, I didn't have to think I had to worry about this shit anymore. Right. So it continues. 
<clears throat> in addition to Western sanctions against Russia, which will take an increasingly uh, increasing toll on Russian economy and undercut its res- uh, resupply of high-tech weapons over time, military aid for Ukraine has been key to Ukraine's survival and ability to blunt Moscow's superior numbers of troops on the battlefield. Germany has given Ukraine more military aid than any country but the United States and Britain. Really? So why didn't you call on any other NATO country to do this? Why is <laughs> why is Germany have to send the tanks? Like why you know, it just sounds like you're bullying Germany at that point. Like they don't want to do this. Polls suggest that while German support generally for Ukraine remains relatively high, though less so than in other Western countries, it is split almost equally on the question of sending German made uh, main battle tanks to Ukraine. So yeah, Germans don't want to do this either. Well, and, and you know, it's it's ironic that the country that used to be the country of the actual Nazis is the one country that's like, yeah, maybe we kind of see what these guys are and don't want to like put our support behind them because you I know. don't know if anyone thinks of it necessarily in those terms because I mean this it's not I don't know I don't see twenty five million Russians dying for this thing, but it's just it's still it's just like people in Germany have a national shame about what their country did no that's what i mean and right they have an, they have an aversion to being involved in any conflict um certainly not with with you know any country that they previously had a war with too i just i don't know if it's like necessarily a you know soviet type thing no no i don't know i don't think it's a soviet i just think they don't want to to be you know seen as like arm in arm with the group of people that has a very large fucking nazi fascist element in their military they want to be mm-hmm. like seen supporting that because that's kind of fucking you know gauche yeah for- no that's that's true and they're much more aware of that in europe than people right. are here where we're t- totally trying to hide the facts you know that but we were aware of it until like 2017 or whatever whenever it became you know fashionable to fucking start pretending like we didn't write all those articles about how uh the the, the, U- the ukraine oh yeah they have a, they have a you know large nazi presence in their military isn't that kind of quaint <laughs> until it was like oh wait shit no we need to send the money we got to pretend that doesn't that doesn't exist anymore somebody had a good side by side comparison of of headlines from the exact same publications of what they were saying about ukraine here we go before the ukraine crisis the guardian welcome to ukraine the most corrupt nation in europe (laughs) after after the ukraine crisis the guardian the fight for ukraine is the fight for liberal ideas (laughs) liberals elevating nazis please don't challenge right before reuters Ukraine's neo-Nazi problem after Reuters for foreign fighters. Ukraine offers purpose, camaraderie, and a cause. (laughs) (laughs) So before Vox, a Ukrainian comedian turned president is embroiled in Trump's impeachment mess. (laughs) That would be Zelensky after CNN. Ukrainians are giving two lessons in democracy that Americans have forgotten. (laughs) I'm going to guess they're, Things that Americans are have not forgotten, but have never known or experienced in their lives that we just fucking tell ourselves before new Europe, Ukrainian president's rule becomes increasingly corrupt and authoritarian after Washington Post Zelensky, the TV, the TV president turned war hero. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Back to this Washington Post article. Um, Let's see. I'm going to skip that long paragraph. Okay. Some officials in Berlin have suggested they would send uh, leopards to Ukraine. It's a kind of tank. It's not as prominent 
as the oh, oh, no. lepers. I was like, wow, that's fucked up. <laughs> Biological warfare. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> okay, you know, I do have to read the previous paragraph because there's a funny part to it. Okay, so Germany's Leopard 2 tanks, several thousand of which are in the arsenal of its NATO allies around Europe, are the best such options uh, options for Ukraine's use. They are far more numerous than British Challenger 2 tanks, about 14 of which are being delivered to Ukraine, and more suitable for Ukrainian terrain and, and maintenance abilities the United States top of the line battle tank, the M1 Abrams. So even though the, these other tanks are better for Ukraine, they're not top of the line like the M1 Abrams. So we just have to like get it in there that ours are the best, right? You know? no, of course, because because certainly nobody at the CIA wrote this. Right? No, no, for sure. The, the you know the tanks they're using are like the iPhone 12s of, of tanks. Like they we can't. It's embarrassing almost at this point to be seen with those. That crazy that like in the, you know we just spent twenty fucking years fighting a drone war that now we're back to like oh we got to send you know a, a dozen battle tanks like is this the fucking gulf war did somebody watch that brad pitt tank movie and like get a heart on and be like why don't we have wars like that anymore well because it's it's too gauche to blow up fucking entire city blocks in in in, in, in europe that's something we reserve for the middle east like we don't we don't blow we don't do that where white people live we need to, it needs to be more no. you know concentrated we can't just oh, absolutely indiscriminately drone bomb entire fucking you know cities to the ground we can't like just raise them to the ground that's that's come on now so again keep in mind this was before the announcement uh that we are going to send uh abrams american abrams tanks so they wrote uh some officials in berlin have suggested they would send leopards to ukraine if the Biden administration goes first and provides political cover by sending some u.s made abrams tanks to kiev washington has so far been reluctant to do that Regarding the gargantuan gas-guzzling Abrams. Oh, not so top of the line after all, are they? <laughs> Which requires constant maintenance as a poor fit with... Okay, constant maintenance. Who knows how to fix them? Americans? Oh. Yeah. So those tanks are going to go there with American mechanics who then will need to be protected by American forces and American air support. This is how we get to World War Three, people. Ah. <sighs> Uh, and it, it, oh, they go on here and say that they are a poor fit for Ukraine's terrain and capabilities. What's what's different about their terrain there? Is it it's the fucking mountains of Afghanistan or something? I, I've seen no, photos it's like fucking city streets. It's like, you know, like it's I, 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 you know, I mean, arguably maybe one of the better terrains for for a, a fucking tank. That's no, you know, I, every picture I've seen of this war in Ukraine, it looks like the Midwest. Right. There's no uneven like ground that they have to try yeah. to roll. It's like, you know, you meant to make some sharp turns. That's maybe about it. You can yeah, swim seriously. I mean, and, and, and like the Midwest, it looks about as bombed out as uh, the city of Detroit. Right. So. <laughs> right. No, we're bringing, we're bringing our own little slice of Americana to your, to, to, to Ukraine. <laughs> so here's where the, the hubris really goes off the charts. If sending some Abrams tanks is the key to breaking the impasse on a politically much greater shipment of Leopard's uh, tanks, uh, President Biden should give his assent. He should do so not only to add muscle to Ukraine's arsenal at what is likely to be a decisive moment in the war, but also to maintain Western resolve and unity in the face of the gravest threat it has faced in more than a generation. Like, seriously, this is... Fucking intern at Langley just hammering this out with a fucking hard on. <laughs> Ukraine, whose own supply of Soviet-made battle tanks has dwindled as the war has dragged on, is 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 in an existential fight. Its struggle is also uh, a crucible, a crucible oh, for Europe. Fuck off! In an assault against the most basic, b- 
basic precept on which the Western system rests, the impermissibility of unprovoked wars of aggression. I shit you not, that is what it says. <laughs> that That's a really ballsy last line. That's just like, come on, come what, on, guy. What, we know. what was the coalition of the willing in Iraq? <laughs> an unprovoked you war imagine of aggression. An unprovoked war of aggression. Man, what, Imagine what, what a, typing those words. Was was the fucking intern at Langley even alive when that war started? Who wrote this shit? <laughs> Last paragraph here, a short one. What is at stake is not only Ukraine's survival, but also leadership and clear-eyed thinking in Washington and Berlin. Germany's hesitation is a critical challenge to Western unity. I'm, I'm assuming whoever writes this is like the screenwriter they plucked out of out of film school who writes all like Catherine Big, Bigelow's scripts and hands them to her like the the guy who writes the flowery propaganda about yeah you know th- this crucible that America's fit like c- give me a fucking break guy like we come on you uh, can't polish this turd that much I mean this is that's just really laying it on thick you saw uh, Sicario right no no I never saw that <clears throat> that was a uh, really uh, uh, Dennis, Villeneuve. Dennis Villeneuve, yeah, whatever they call him. Yeah, I don't know say his name, but yeah. And they had guy, uh, Josh guy. Brolin, Josh Brolin, and um, what's her name? Oh, uh, Emily Blunt, right? That's right, yeah. yeah and yeah. Uh, Benicio Del Toro. And that movie starts yes. off with, with you thinking that, like, you know, the U.S. Uh, war on drugs is, like, this noble fight they're all... You know, and it starts off with like the kind of this notion of like this, you know, the sanctity of Western values and this crucible of whatever. And the further you get in the movie, the more Josh Brolin's character, who was a CIA guy, uh, CIA guy, is just like, this is, we're just one gang in a gang war. That's all this is. (laughs) This is, we're just out to get revenge. That's all we're doing. And he's happy about it. He's like, I'm going to waterboard people all day long. And I don't give a shit if they tell me what they want to or not. It's just, it's a very, it's the bleakest movie about the drug war I've ever seen. And it's also an amazing action thriller. Um, but I hate that they made a sequel that had none of the good people involved with the first one. <laughs> yeah. Except oh, for, for you know, a couple of the actors. Like. <clears throat> so ju- this was just a couple of days before uh, this article it was a couple of days before they announced that we are going to in fact send um, the tanks, the tanks to Ukraine. Uh, <laughs> Washington post reports, uh, couple days later though the escalatory sending of tanks was sold to the public as a matter of urgency in light of ukraine's ongoing battlefield losses u.s officials here admit they won't arrive for months or even years and are meant for a later counteroffensive. so it's just, I, again, just money just, it's just for money it's just, we're just doing this to print money it's for money but i also it also kind of tips the hand that they intend this to just be another forever war and that we're just going to do everything we can to extend this as long as possible because we realize you know it it's 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 passe in 2023 to have america directly involved in any of these ongoing you know never-ending forever wars for profit so you know we can kind of outsource it and have a little bit of plausible deniability and still get that money fucking rolling into the the defense contractors uh, while not really getting any on us, at least, you know, on paper, like we, you know, like you said, we're going to have to obviously send people to fucking support these things. And then, you know, it's going to quietly escalate, you know, yeah, it'll, it'll, until it becomes as, soon as we have boots on the ground, then, you know, our our boots on the ground are at risk and we have to protect them. So air support, it's going to be the same thing with Taiwan. We're going to we're going to keep parking our boats outside of Taiwan 
and pretending that they are somehow, you know, their own country. <laughs> Meanwhile, pretending how it's, it's like we talked about this a million times. It's the total opposite of of Ukraine. Right. Right. We're on the opposite side of every war. As long as it's against whatever the situation is, just whoever we can, however we can be against China or Russia. Just imagine if like Cuba, like blew up the bridge from Key Largo to Key West and like encircled Key West and was like, yeah, no, this is part of Cuba now. Like they're their own country. They're a sovereign nation. I I saw that movie. It was called True Lies with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Did you you remember that one? (laughs) No, is that the plot of True Lies? I haven't seen that movie. No, there's a scene where fucking the fucking Harrier jet blows up that bridge. Oh, shit. That's, yeah, a, like, that's a crazy fucking thing to go over. I, I went when I went to Key West like years ago for my cousin's wedding. It was, yeah, that's yeah, it's it's fucking incredible to go. Like it's just it's literally like it's scary though because like it's literally just one lane at, for a good chunk of it on each side, and you're just going over water and like there's not really shoulders. So you know, hopefully you don't break down or like crash your fucking car because uh, nobody's rescuing your ass if you fall into the fucking yeah. Well, Atlantic. God forbid people drive safely because they fear. <laughs> drowning for a while you're right uh, yeah no i was on that long time ago when i was a kid and i just remember it was a very long boring drive but yeah uh yeah true lies uh jamie lee curtis uh, i think it was wasn't that a fucking it's an oral movie Jean- james cameron directed that shit uh let me look it up i don't yeah i looked that one up it was, not... it, was, it was one of arnold it, it was during his his you know prime sort of run there yeah i remember it was yeah it was like, cameron kind of good but it's also just like there's so many like racist arab tropes in it it's just like oh the bad guys are just generic arab terrorists for no reason (laughs) so it's okay to just you know murder them all um but yeah there's a there's a fucking car jet chase thing and shit blows up yeah it's a camera movie so you know the fucking act or the action is going to be top notch especially when he was in his in his fucking wheelhouse in the 90s like you know yeah before yeah. he decided to make movies about fucking the Blue Man Group for the next 15 years of his life. <laughs> Blue Man Group. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, yeah. That nobody no, asked for. Seriously, it's it's like they just, like, who's the who's the villain going to be? But they make one? a trillion dollars. I don't understand guy. how they make so much fucking money. They make a trillion dollars and it's fucking dull as shit. They make a trillion dollars because they can show it in every cinema in the world. Right. That's been trampled on by white settler colonialism, you know, even even though it's so just hitting you over the head with it. Base level, not at all, really even trying to even saying anything, you know. But that's I mean, that's the thing is like there's there's so many local customs and traditions that don't translate well into film that not every film can be shown everywhere because people just won't understand certain aspects of their humor, the comedy. It's like that's why, like, you know, the Marvel movies, the humor is is written in such a way that it can be easily translatable you know to to the mass you know the most amount of audiences and when they have to do change a line here and there they do um but yeah i mean that's 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 why this thing made a trillion dollars and why he's right. gonna keep doing it but still it's like nobody asked for this though no and, and, and by the way three four and five are are listed on his imdb three is in post-production apparently so it's already made Four and five are in production simultaneously somehow, so yeah, it's just fucking never ending. Until twenty twenty eight, we have at least <sighs> to look forward to this fucking <laughs> one of the best directors of the living directors making fucking schlock. We're spending twenty five years of his life doing this, I just I don't get it. It's depressing. It's very depressing. Guy made fucking T two. I mean, Jesus Christ! <laughs> like he made T two. He also he's, I mean, 
I mean, he's a terror to work on, with on set, and everyone oh, right. has always I mean, said that. But I mean, that's he's a fucking perfectionist. In shows. Right. I mean, you know, he made fucking The Abyss. He made Alien. I mean, this dude made some of the best fucking movies of the eighties and nineties, and he's just yeah, just wasting his fucking talent in his in his twilight Is, years. Are they gonna make like a whole theme park based around this fucking franchise? I, too? They did, or I th- I'm pretty sure it's in one of the in universal or probably not disney because i think it's a universal yeah it's but not. yeah fine, like just fucking come on give it a rest guy <sighs> all right um so i had a couple more things here one was a uh just a real quick follow-up to um we were talking about what's the new york governor's name hochel hochel cat yeah hochel hochel yeah whatever. yeah and, and she was trying to ram through this extreme right-wing judge and no one can figure out why uh and the new york state senate committee turned it down and she was considering suing the senate to to force their rules to change to force a floor vote because she knows she can get republicans to get this guy on the uh new york state court of appeals and we were wondering last week you know what what's the reason for this what's her angle like what's the the legal thing she needs to get done to benefit her. And we were, I, I mentioned that I thought her husband had something to do with it possibly. Cause I thought he was in real estate. Well, I looked it up and it turns out he's in a very special form of real estate. And I also saw this headline. This is from uh, October of 2022. Hochul accused of rigging New York casino license plan in favor of politically collected, uh, connected slot parlors. Oh, interesting. But politically connected. How? So I looked up her husband, William J. Hochul Jr. William J., uh, born in 1959, is a American lawyer who served as U.S. Uh, U.S. Attorney for Western District, New York, from 2010 to 2016. He's been the first gentleman of New York since August 2021, when his wife, Kathy Hochul, ascended to the governorship. Following the resignation of Andrew Cuomo, he was previously the second gentleman with his wife, or when his wife, while his wife, damn, <sighs> it's a strong screwdriver I've been drinking here. <laughs> While his wife was lieutenant governor from 2015 to 2021, William J. Hochul Jr. is currently senior vice president, general counsel, and secretary to Delaware North, a Buffalo-based casino and hospitality company. Huh. <laughs> Interesting. What a what a weird coincidence. They, they don't even fucking try to hide this shit. What a fucking weird coincidence. I'm sure that's not at all a factor in her trying to, to fucking, you know, ram these things through for favor. For favor so I wonder how, um, you know, potentially a challenge to her change in licensing plan to favor politically collect uh, connected slot parlors. I wonder where that might get challenged in what venue such a thing mm. might be, um, you know, taken. It may be um, in a district court or, or you know. In the state, like at a, at the state level, that possibly the highest court in the state. Yeah, possibly the highest court in the state. Who's the, to say though? I mean, who's? I, to I say? mean, yeah, you know, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, yeah, yeah. No, it's just well, yeah. We were just like I, we couldn't figure out last week, like why is she so dead set on burning all of her political capital? And it's like oh, because she doesn't want her husband to go to jail. <laughs> well, because she's going to trade her political capital for capital capital, <laughs> right? I mean, why else? What other reason is there? Right. This isn't a legacy position. I mean, is it the last time somebody, you know, ascended from being New York governor to anything else was FDR? It's kind of a dead end position. Yeah. And that's, you know, 
apparently fucking Johnny Five going off in the background there. Oh, um, that's my fucking alarm for the stupid game I have to play and log back in to do this stupid thing to collect stupid fucking rewards. I tell you, hit the hit the, hit the button, get the pellet. Free, you know, free, exactly. Red star anxiety. <laughs> Red dot anxiety. Got to collect the thing. I t- I've spent so much more money on free games than I have ever spent on console games in my life it's <laughs> disgusting it's I, you, the, you pay 60 bucks for an open world game that you spend literally like half your life in right it, it you know it it's it's like a fraction of a penny per day for the amount of time you get out of it whereas a, a free game it's just like how much did i spend on it this month oh my god 45 dollars on a free game a month right, right. fuck they know they so, know last little bit um well, a couple little tiny things here. Uh, Andrew Tate, remember him, the bald car guy who uh, tried to shame a teenage girl and she fucking dunked on him so hard he became the fourth most viewed tweet in history. Yeah. <clears throat> and then it turned out he was running a, a, a sex trafficking ring with minors. So he's now in a Rom- Romanian prison uh, and they've denied him bail and they filed motions to keep him there while they continue investigating him, which is... Um, Sort of illegal, but whatever. He's a I mean, fuck him, you know, like, right, you know, right. Kind of whatever, a flight but, risk. But right. right, but no, right, for sure. But he's got this whole brand around uh, abusing women and being this alpha male and all this other fucking weird, you know, mixed martial arts fucking meditation right. his, bullshit. His, fucking, it. his Instagram image, it's right. Joe Rogan, you know, you know, to, to the nth degree parody. Um, and I'm sure he didn't actually write this, but it, it's like his staff wrote it. But it's like, you know, they he can't afford like an actual AI. So we just had his brother write this shit or something. <laughs> right. Probably. This is titled My First Email from Imprisonment. Not not from prison, but from imprisonment. That sounds more severe that way. <clears throat> yeah. And just take a note of like how many times he contradicts himself in this. It's hilarious. I will send you my daily lessons from unjust imprisonment. So he's he's got this whole like thing. You, uh, I forget what it's called, like Hustle University or some shit like Fuck that. Off, he's on. got yeah. You like subscribe <laughs> to like his fucking social media shit. Watch him smoke a cigar and have a gold chain or some shit. Right. Um, I will send you my daily lessons from unjust imprisonment. They are trying to break me. Thrown inside a cell without light. Cockroaches, lice, and bed bugs are my only friends at night. <laughs> it's literally the fucking scene in in um, Gross Point Blank where the drunk guy comes up and reads <laughs> the poem. When I feel tired, when I feel blue, <laughs> <laughs> just it's great. Now you just skip to the end. Yeah. <laughs> so thrown inside a cell without a light, cockroaches, lice, and bed bugs. Is there fucking hair? What's he talking night. about? Lice? He doesn't even fucking have hair. What is- <laughs> I exactly it's like a child or an AI could have written this <laughs> when the guards bring me to and from the courtyard. I stay absolutely respectful. Gotta gotta lick those boots. They try to pour hatred into my heart, but please and thank you stick with me at all times. My prison guards are just performing their job. They have families to feed. Like, really? I thought they were like, uh, oppressing you with delight <laughs> right like right. what he just contradicted himself you can't help but be a bootlicker he knows his audience will turn on him if he gets to you know <laughs> yeah. wake up. in times of hardship do not forget your manners they are trying to break my iron mind with unjust imprisonment 
Like, wait, I thought they were just doing their jobs. What do you talk? What the in Iron Mind? What the fuck? That's also right. capitalized. Like it's a brand he came up with. They are trying to break my Iron Mind. With it's it's just it's like the the, the any uh, my absolute <laughs> respect for everyone around me is my act of absolute rebellion. <laughs> they cannot break me. My guards know I am innocent. What? I, who is he talking about like some other broader system here, but like the guards are somehow not part of that system. Is that what is, I don't know. They know it is unjust. They see, I will never break and respect my resolve. Please. And thank you. Stick with me at all times. Such is the way of the Wudan, whatever the fuck that means. Unreal. Signed Tate. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. That dude's going to fucking rot in jail for a long-ass time, probably. <laughs> but Well, he's, they're going to keep letting him write poems, apparently. Yeah, the, only, the other thing I was going to get to... I had another thing about Elon, but fuck Elon. We're going to skip that. Was um, On Monday, this is a, a Christian Cinema News. On Monday, Democratic Rep. Ruben Galejo uh, of Phoenix launched his own bid for Cinema's seat. As a Democrat, so it's going to be fun to watch, like, will Democrats try to sabotage him in favor of supporting independent cinema? From the quotes they already gave out, it seems like they might. Yep. Just because she's powerful in her position already and is still valuable as, like, the rotating villain to kill bills that they pretend to support. Right. And she gave him the perfect out because now it's like, well, you know, we can't we can't support a, a Democrat against her because then it'll split the vote and it'll let the Republican win. When obviously the answer would be, well, we're not going to support the person that's not in our party who left our party. We're going to support the person who is in our party. She left the party because she knows her poll numbers are shit right now. Right. Like that's and- that's the that's the thing that they don't want to talk about is they know that she's weak, but they still want to try to capitalize on her. So he. He officially, he, people said he was going to run. He's a, currently a, a, a congressman in Arizona. He launched his own bid for cinema seat, setting up what could be the most fascinating and dramatic Senate brawl of 2024. Quote, I have been deeply humbled by the encouragement I have received from the people of Arizona. And today I'm answering the call to serve. He said in the statement, I don't give a shit about this guy. I just think it's interesting. Yeah. Because... The following day, this is like literally the, the day after he announced his campaign, his team announced that it already raised over $1 million from more than 27,000 donations, surpassing wow. in eight hours the Arizona record for the most individual donations in a campaign's first day. Once, so, yeah. The people of Arizona are fucking sick of Christian cinema. <laughs> yeah. And once people get a whiff of like that, that the polls are, that the polls like a close three way split. Money's gonna fucking pour into that guy from from nationwide because the Democrats in this country who aren't you know like they, they're gonna not they're not gonna let that fucking you know they're gonna do everything they can to make sure he has the funding I'm sure and I'm sure again like you said I mean, sure he sucks but like you know it, exactly so as much as they see cinema as an asset to stifling votes for anything good they're gonna see this guy as a cash cow <laughs> right so. Right, exactly. So yeah, but that actually will be interesting. I'm I'm curious to see how that shakes out. So you know, Who we'll see. maybe maybe she'll they'll tell her to drop out so it doesn't have to become a contentious issue. Yeah, but know? she I don't think she will at this point. I mean, she left the party because you know I, I think she wants she wants that she knew she would never win election again as a Democrat or win you know win primary a primary again as a Democrat. So this is her only 
avenue to potentially cling to power. So I, I just don't think that she would would give a fuck what anyone from the party tells her at this point because she's just trying desperately to keep that some, seat. Some big DNC donor could call her up and say, "Hey, what's your foundation, and you know, what do I have to pay you to drop out?" Right. What committee seat do you want on what board? You know, like what? what yeah, exactly. Exactly. What 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 big company do you want to be the, you know, CEO of? After <laughs> right, this? right. This is all. In, in, and you can have it. This is exactly how it all works. It's all in service of her post-political career where she's going to make a lot of money to do fucking nothing as a thank you for all the favors that she did while she was in office. Exactly. It'll be Tom Ridge becoming the uh, fucking getting on the board of directors for Home Depot. <laughs> after he told everyone to go by duct tape and plastic sheeting from Home Depot to prevent from a dirty bomb attack, which remember those? Remember when they said they were going to have a dirty bomb? Oh yeah. That was a big thing for a while. That was, I I forgot about how fucking not not like our clean white bombs. Yeah, no, not, not our clean, you know, sterile, like wipe out all of civilization for a five block radius bombs. Just one of those dirty bombs from one of those dirty middle Easterners. Like got to watch out for those, you know, make sure you support your local home Depot and buy buy a bunch of shit that's not going to protect you from it. They made bombs from out of the parts of our old bombs. Gross. Who does that? <laughs> right. They're fucking so poor. They can't even afford new bombs. They have to make used bombs like some kind of fucking, yeah, pauper. What, what do they go to fucking Goodwill and get a hand-me-down? <laughs> right. Fucking, you have to use old pinball machine parts. Fucking, you know. Ugh. Oh God! All right. all right, that's all I got. Yeah, no, I, that, that does it for us this week. But um, yeah, if you, you know, want to support the show, rate, review, and subscribe uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on SoundCloud, SoundCloud.com/slash/MoveLeft, Facebook.com/slash/MoveLeftIdiots, uh, Patreon.com/slash/MoveLeft. I am on Twitter at move underscore left, uh, and I am on Twitter at Mike Slutty. And you should also go follow if you're not already on Twitter at defend. ATL Forest. That's the official account of the Forest Defenders trying to stop Cop City outside yeah. Atlanta. It's like a 200 acre giant cop playground they want to build on what was previously protected forest land. Um, Some of the only there, forest land in that area, in that, yeah. in like, you know, in the actual was, ethnically diverse section of Atlanta. Like, you know, yeah. any, you know, we'll, so we'll they've do been a deep doing, dive on that for sure, too. Yeah. Well, they've been doing a, a you know, basically an occupation to try to save this forest and have delayed the construction for months now. And just this week, police shot and killed one of the forest defenders. First time that's ever happened in us history, apparently. Yeah. You know, just cops being cops shooting people for not wanting to let them fucking, you know, bulldoze the only trees in the city so they can build a fucking urban, you know, warfare environment so they're better at killing the people in that yeah. city. So um, again, that account was at Defend ATL Forest. Thank you. Yeah, go check that out. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we'll see you next week. Yeah.